0: Okay, welcome into the Quintessential Ministry Podcast. I am uh, excited to be bringing you uh, part two of this conversation we started last week. Um, if you haven't heard last week's podcast, I would really encourage you to uh, to go back and listen to it, because it really sets up the conversation that we're going to have today. We spoke, uh, or I, I kind of shared um, in the previous podcast, I uh, entitled it, You Have a Wound, and just kind of told a story uh, that I just went through with my oldest son as a parent, and uh, just some of the things that I observed. Um, So anyways, I'm not going to recap the entire uh, podcast. It's about 20, 25 minutes. I'd encourage you to go back and listen to it before diving into this one, uh, because that will just help this make uh, some more sense to you. But I'm super privileged and grateful to be joined by Pastor Don Fisher. Pastor Don, would you say hello? Hello. Hello. And uh, at the end of last year, Don jumped in, and we did a podcast for our Simple Christmas devotionals. So, uh, if you haven't heard that, that was really good. And it was just—it's always good to uh, sit and talk with Pastor Don and uh, hear his wisdom. And he has many years of experience in this pastoral thing. And I feel uh, much, much newer to it. I've—I've I've been doing this uh, about, I guess, four or five years. Uh, full-time as a pastor, been in ministry six years, so I love sitting with people who have gone before and can uh, speak into my life, and he's definitely one of those. So today, um, we're going to kind of follow up, do um, do part two of this conversation, You Have a Wound, uh, but really it's about finding healing from that wound, and and I, I prefaced it last week or kind of gave you some foreshadowing. We find healing from our wounds through forgiveness, and so that's what I want Uh, to hear from Pastor Don today and just have him share some of his life experience, things he's observed, things he's helped people walk through, and personal experience that he's walked through uh, to find healing from the wounds that he has endured in life uh, through forgiveness. So finding the ability to forgive when you are uh, wounded, offended, grieved against, and then the healing that comes from that and the freedom we can live in through that. So, Pastor Don, I don't want to talk anymore, I just want to hear what you have to say. I'm going to hand it over to you, and I'd love to hear some of the things you uh, thought about as, um, as you were preparing for this subject today.
1: Well, thanks, Quint. Um, first of all, I guess I had to have a definition of forgiveness, because um, it can be a slippery slope in that we sometimes feel uh, we will forgive if the other person will admit Uh, that they've offended or they've done wrong. So So it's
0: transactional. Yeah, it's a
1: transactional thing. But my understanding of of forgiveness is that it's a conscious, deliberate decision to release resentment and vengeance toward a person or group, regardless of whether they deserve your forgiveness. Wow. And I've always, always had to keep that in mind, because um, some of the things, and, and probably sharing just a moment here, probably one of the times that forgiveness really impacted my life and brought healing to a a lot of wounds. But uh, people misunderstand forgiveness, and they think that if I forgive someone, that I am condoning what they have done, or that I'm going to forget what they have done. And what I found, that forgiveness does not erase memories. Memories will stay with us all the time, Mm -hmm. but we have a responsibility to release it to, to let it go right and so uh i remember back um and I, i'll i'll try to keep this short and yet and yet pertinent uh, growing up with a stepfather uh, i started playing sports when i was 10 years old and to the best of my memory my stepfather uh didn't actually in all honesty didn't know how to be a father and so uh, i never heard the words i love you um He had never attended a a ball game that I played in. He never asked me, uh, how many did you strike out? How many points did you get? How many hits did you get in a game? None of those things. So uh, relationally, uh, those wounds started at a very, very early age, and then they escalated and just began to grow. So uh, in 1981, when I was just started pastoring, I got word that my stepfather was in the hospital and not expected to live. So I got in the car, headed to the hospital, and I got there about 15 minutes after he had passed. So the nurse said, well, would you like to have, spend some time with your stepfather? So here I am. I'm in this small room. My stepfather is passed. I'm standing there. And it wasn't prepared, but I just began to speak, and and just, I I knew he couldn't hear me. He was dead. But I began to let him know the things that had hurt me, the things that had wounded me, um, the times that he had never been there for me, the times that he had never said, I love you. Uh, I went through a whole litany of things that I had never experienced as a child, And yet, it seemed like all of those wounds were just surfacing and coming to the front. And so after I got this conversation out, I remember specifically at the end, uh, I said, but Dad, I want you to know I forgive you, and I want you to know that I love you. Wow. Now, he didn't hear me, but I think, Quint, that was closure for me. And it brought healing for me. And from that point on, I never, uh, I never looked back and said, "Well, I'm this way because my stepfather didn't do this. He didn't do that." So, when I think of forgiveness, um, because what would have happened? And I think for a lot of us, um, if if we don't experience or express or demonstrate forgiveness, it basically becomes unforgiveness. Right. And unforgiveness, when you walk in unforgiveness, what you're doing is you are allowing that other person to make you captive, Mm. to hold you prisoner. Right. And a lot of times when we talk about forgiveness, um, we we have a feeling or we have a sense that it's about the other person. And I'm going to forgive you. I'm going to forgive you. When in essence, forgiveness is about you right and so with my stepfather forgiveness was for me mm-hmm. um, at that point in time it was doing him no good there was not going to be any reconciliation there was no i'm sorry i promised to do better it was always about me and i think for those who are listening uh to us today uh need to remember that because uh in the 40 plus years of ministry i've heard so many people say well um, I would forgive them if they would just admit what they did was wrong right or if they would say I'm sorry or you know looking for a response. And you know there there are times that if we stop and think about it and this is this is probably a little crass but it's I, I say it for effect we hold unforgiveness against dead people. Hmm. People in our lives yeah. who have yeah. since it's passed, true. And we've never forgiven them. Right. And we don't realize the ramifications of that unforgiveness. And here we are living a life, but at the same time, we're not going to forgive. Yeah. So Well, and you know, you, you said something at the onset
0: of that whole story and, and kind of setting up this idea of forgiveness. The the act of forgiveness is not to erase the the memories, but it is to release. The memories, right? right? And so it's not to say that uh, it disappears forever, but when you release it, the freedom you were then able to walk in after that experience with your stepfather, right, really uh, affected the trajectory of who you are as a pastor. You know, if you had not yes. released those things, the quality of pastoring you'd be able to do would be affected, right? Right. M- right. Take the job out of the equation. The pa- the quality of a husband that you could be, the quality of a father. That you could be right. That yes. was the other thing that I, I jotted down, um, is that. So I, I told a story last week about my son and the experience he had that I observed and how I felt. You know, wow, this could be this could be a wound opportunity in his life with some of his friends. You know, and I don't think it was that to that level, but it was just eye opening to me. Um, but in hearing you speak, and I just know from stories you've told and some of the um, some of the things you did as a father. The example sometimes the example that you have is what not to do right And so right. for you right. you then went on to coach your sons in basketball and care about their sports and be a very involved parent because of it was a positive reaction to the wound that had come against you right am I close? Yes yeah yes so yeah. I'll just just some things that are going through my head. As someone who knows you and some of the things you've told me as you're kind of unpacking this.
1: Yeah. Well, and when you're speaking of a father, I remember uh, with my kids growing up, um, probably, you know, discipline maybe maybe came easy, but we talk about forgiving, but also there's an aspect of asking for forgiveness. And I remember times in disciplining my, my children, when children now, they're 45 and 43. But I remember going back and, and the times where uh, maybe I over-disciplined, uh, maybe I was, was too strict, or maybe, you know, I disciplined until I felt good. <laughs> you know, they, they experienced the discipline, but I'm going to keep at it until I feel good. So I remember the times I've had to sit with my boys and say, I'm sorry. Right. Right. I was wrong as a father. Will you forgive me? Yeah. So it's That's sometimes huge, it's yeah. not always uh, forgiving someone, but it's all also asking for forgiveness.
0: Right. And teaching. There's so much power in teaching your kids. I screw up too. You know, it like adults aren't perfect either. And and I'm sorry, and I made a mistake, and it shows them. Because um, I think if, I think if that is missing from a child's life as they grow and um, and head into adulthood, the glass eventually shatters, right? And they realize you know not everybody's not every adult just has it figured out, you know. And then that can be bad because now they just you live you have the potential to live like with this cynical attitude that no adults have it figured out, right? right. So so there is so much power. In, it's really just humble leadership is what it is when you are humbly coming to your kids and saying, like, I'm sorry, you know, I screwed that up, I, I did something wrong, because it teaches them, hey, we, we all make mistakes. You made a mistake, and you had to be punished for it. I'm making a mistake, and I need your forgiveness. Mm-hmm. You're four, you can't punish me, but you can forgive me, right? right so there's right. there's power in that. Yeah.
1: Well, and, and the other thing we, we must understand is forgiveness, if, if we're following Scripture, forgiveness is not an option. Right. Uh, even Ephesians 4, 31, 32, it says, Get rid of bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, every form of malice. Be kind to one another, forgiving each other. Right. So forgiveness is not based on our feelings. Right. Uh, and, and you and I, as you will are in the ministry and you continue the ministry, and you may have already experienced this, but I can tell you even in ministry uh, there's a lot of things that have been said or insinuated or assumed that could could affect us. But Quint, one of the things I've also have to take ownership of is sometimes when I felt uh betrayed, when I felt whatever, um, I would I would do a self check, and really it wasn't so bad, but it was offensive to my ego.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Right, it was my ego that got hurt. Really, not me. Right. And so when I when I pulled my ego out of the equation, it's like that wasn't so bad. Right. But as long as I let the ego stay there, then man, I'm really ticked off. Yeah. And I take it take it personal, and I carry it with me. But um, yeah, so sometimes we have to stop and evaluate and say, okay, is this really an offense? or is my ego or my pride uh, being wounded? Yeah, and you know, really, what you're speaking to is...
0: um, So there are absolutely wounds that come against us that are very, very legitimate. But what you're speaking to right now is wounds that aren't as legitimate but we're making them wounds. Yes. Right. We are taking offense. Self-inflicted. Self-inflicting <laughs> wounds, right? And then from there we talked about this on last the last episode when regardless whether it's a legitimate wound or not, whether it's self-inflicted or legitimate, uh we make agreements based on that wound. So to speak to what you're saying, if you're talking about offense, uh I'm being offended cuz my ego is hurt. You will then Build an entire case, an entire way of living towards that person based on the offense that they've given to you. So you will make an agreement, I can't trust this person, this person is not for me, and then you will go about your life in such a way. And that's why it is so important to understand this whole conversation around wounds, legitimate and self-inflicted, because from those wounds, we make agreements and we live our lives based on those agreements. And it is just... it's dangerous territory, right, because we put ourselves in situations that aren't God's best for us. Mm-hmm. God's best for us, he said, Paul told us in four of his letters that we should fight for unity, not fight, but fight for unity. Right. And in doing that, and you just spoke to it from Ephesians, you know, we forgive so we can live in unity. Mm-hmm. We have grace upon grace upon grace. Yeah.
1: And these wounds, wounds, If if you get injured, if you get a wound on your arm, leg, wherever... Wounds always heal from the inside. yeah, they never heal from the outside. and And, and unless that wound is healing from the inside, all it does is it, it scabs over. And then when you continue to remember the offense, all you're doing is continually pulling off the scab. Mm. Yeah, never allowing the wound to heal, right. And that's why I think when we when we talk about uh, and 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 I, I I have just two thoughts before we get away from this. But one is uh, we forgive because we have been forgiven. Right. And and that we have to remember that. And and if you know all the things that we've done against God, and and yet He forgives us, then who are we to not forgive? Right. And the, the I guess the last thing that I I wanted would encourage those who are listening to us. Here's, here's a little, a practical step that uh, you may want to do. You may say, well, the person that I offended me or whatever, they've moved away, they may be dead, I don't know where they're at. So, or uh, it may be somebody that I know. Let me encourage you to do this. Sit down and write a letter. And in that letter, express your feelings, express your hurts, express all of the things that you feel, but don't send it. Yeah, yeah. Keep it. But it if you if you want to call it therapeutic or whatever. But um, you you put it on paper. You get it out, and then don't send it. You can fold it up and just make make that commitment to God and allow Him to bring forgiveness into your life. But uh, that that's when that that healing of the wound comes.
0: Yeah, and you know it so. Um, I love that practical advice, and if that practical advice sounds crazy or, oh, yeah, easy for you guys to say from Pastor Quinn's office talking about this on a podcast, but it's a lot harder for me to live it out, let me just present, um, th- this was the thing that that totally opened up my eyes um, to, to be able to do this, and, and honestly, probably in that moment, Pastor Don, um, at your... Uh, stepfather's deathbed. You didn't have this revelation, but I'm going to guess over the next years as you matured as a believer and as a pastor, you you came to understand this. What opened my eyes, and I'll give credit where it's due, the book, The Shack, uh, tells a fictional story of a man who was uh, endured great abuse at the hand of his father and then ran away and then built his whole life based on this agreement and on this wound of what his dad had inflicted upon right, him. Right. And living with this just deep, dark secret that he took matters into his own hands to end his father's life. And uh, Anyways, you can go read the book or watch the movie if, if you're interested, but this was the moment in that story that opened my eyes to this is when, the, uh, when he has this encounter with God and he shows him you understand i think his name the character's name was mac he said you understand your dad was wounded right you understand your dad was operating yes grieving you know it grieved you it hurt and wounded you but he was just operating out of a wounded place mm-hmm. right and when i realized like oh my goodness the people who have hurt me are hurt people it was so much easier for me to forgive them because now I had this empathy and this sympathy for them because now I feel right. I have this compassion as a, and I'm not a naturally compassionate person like some people are, but I just had this understanding of like, well, of course, they're, they're wounded. Of course, they're wounding me, you know? And it, it really just opened my eyes. And so, again, you might not have had that exact revelation in that moment at your stepfather's deathbed, but I'm guessing over the years reflecting on his life you realize like well he was actually operating just out of his brokenness and the result of operating out of brokenness did hurt you you know and it's easier yeah. to release
1: in yeah that. and 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 Quent it be it basically it becomes a generational transference right right and and when I studied my father being in coming out of World War two uh, Purple Heart bronze star uh, wounded contacted malaria uh, uh born illegitimate child, uh, he had a lot of wounds. Exactly. And there was probably a lot of things in his life that needed forgiveness. And so that transferred into his actions and with me as as a stepson. And if I allowed it, it would have kept on and transferred to my children. Right. But I remember specifically the year that I made the decision... That I'm going to you call it generational curse, transference, or whatever, but I remembered very specifically when I determined I'm going to stop it. It's yeah. going to stop with me. Yeah, and so that never got passed on to my kids. But a lot of families, uh, because they haven't uh, taken a step back and thought about their history, uh, it's just transferred from generation to generation.
0: Right, and and it didn't make you a perfect parent. No, to understand no. it but it made you an aware parent, and when you're aware, you can see moments, like I talked about last week with my son, identify them, and then you can pray against them, you can parent against them, you can pastor against you know, you can right. throw the whole thing, the kitchen sink, at the situation to try to stop it from becoming a, an agreement that influences who the person becomes, right, right? Uh, right. In, in a negative way. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that is huge, and... uh you know, I think it it does just come down to, um, it, and you can do this even for people who have passed away. You can look at where they have fallen short, and mm-hmm. and and like you said, write a letter, release them. Doesn't erase the hurt, but it releases the hurt, and you can do it because you understand they were just operating out of brokenness too. They just didn't know. They just never heard this message, or right. you know, in Isaiah when it says, "I've come to." Uh, bind up your wounds, heal the broken hearted. They never have. They never fully embraced that part of the gospel yeah. where their broken heart
1: was healed. Well, what we find is we're we're actually dealing with wounds we've never experienced.
0: Right, right. We are living in the the collateral damage, <laughs> yes. if you will, yes,
1: of someone else's wound, someone yeah. else's experience. And I think I I really appreciate you uh, uh, taking on this topic, and I think for the listeners. Uh, this can be a tremendous freeing experience, yeah, and uh, you know, be a game changer, yep. uh, in their lives for sure. Yeah.
0: So I really appreciate you jumping in and doing this, Pastor Don. This was a, gr- a good, conversation. We went pretty deep in a short amount of time in these last couple. But you know, if this uh, speaks to you or you have questions on it, you can feel free to reach out to either of us here at the church. Uh, our emails are are on the website, or just call the church office here at Erie First. Um, but yeah, I mean, this this conversation is a big one and it's an ongoing one and I probably had my eyes open to this topic of the wound and agreements and healing 15 years ago and probably five times a year I revisit and re-educate and renew what I need to, you know, on this because it is a constant thing and it's it's always there. And uh, so it's just good to refresh and to understand, and what it does is it, it renews your healing, it renews your release, and it renews your sympathy and your empathy for others, and it makes it so you're able to live with sympathy and empathy for others. So yeah. Uh, anyways, great conversation. Any last thoughts, Pastor Don, anything you want to share?
1: No, if, if somebody has a question, well, when do I get to stop forgiving? Uh, my answer is when you take your last breath. Yeah, for sure. Because as long as life is in you, we'll always have that opportunity to forgive.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it's our it's our calling and our privilege to do so, uh, to, to live at peace with our fellow man, as the Word says. So, all right, well, thanks so much for tuning in. We'll have more for you next time on the Quintessential Ministry Podcast, uh, but this has been a great couple of weeks diving into a big topic, and I pray and hope that it has helped you. And, uh, you know, if it has, maybe share it with some friends, let some people know. Um, that it's a, it's a conversation that's good for all of us to approach to start and uh, to, to dive into so we'll catch you next time thanks so much
1: I was